that clanking cacophony of contrasting, clashing Doctor Who themes can only mean it's time for another Power of Three podcast. We are occasionally a trio of middle-aged Doctor Who fans gathering to grump, giggle, goad, gossip, groan, grumble, gush and occasionally grimace as we discuss our favourite time-travelling hero in all forms of his adventures, whether on television, audio, comic strips, animations, novels, magazines or anything else in which you can find the Doctor. I'm not David Steele and I'm not co-host of the Earth 2 podcast and my co-conspirator today isn't Kenny Smith, the editor of Vortex for Big Finish, the co-host of the world's only 8th Doctor dedicated podcast, Pieces of 8th, nor is he the co-host of Optional Extras, the Doctor Who action figure podcast. Say hello, not Kenny Smith. Hello, I'm not Kenny Smith and I'm not the, the co-host of Optional Extras, which is a fascinating insight into the production of the B&M and other Doctor Who action figures. I'm also not the co-host of the excellently dedicated 8th Doctor podcast, Pieces of 8th, but I am co-host of the Earth 2 podcast, which charts the development of the Silver Age and Bronze Age DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of the Golden Age characters. And I am David Steele, and he is Kenny Smith. And welcome back to, I have to get the title right because I've got it wrong before, Power <laughs> 3. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Dave, how lovely to see you again, although sadly not in person this week. How lovely to see you, How lovely to see you. This is, this is what, it's, it's not even a week since I saw you in real life, so this is good. This is handy. This, this helps. It helps. It's good. It's good, and it's and it's excellent, of course, to be able to keep the the ball rolling without having to be one of our special Power of Three episodes where you've been too busy working, or Tom's been too busy working, and all the our, our new co-conspirators have been tied up with their extra duties as well yep. with Peter and John. So yep. hello getting to Peter a, and John. Getting it, and yes, hello Peter and John. Getting it, Peter and I were recording yesterday for um we did a really what's the word excruciatingly bad Wonder Woman story. For um for the E2 podcast, look out for that one. No, it's good. I mean um yeah, getting it in because I'm, I'm going to be busy the rest of the week. So we're, we're recording. If you're interested, kids, we're recording this on on Tuesday night, probably of last week. So there you go. Yes, can't, the, I can't remember the date. It's the 19th of October, and it's as we speak, it's 7:27 p.m. So it's about 33 minutes till there the Great we. British Bake Off begins. All right, do we have a deadline then? Oh no, yeah, it's okay. Oh no, I'm letting it start, and then I'll go back and let the adverts go on, so okay. we can spin through them. And also with us. It's Tom Harris. Hello! We remember you. I know. I've not been well. No, that's not true. I've just been a wee bit busy. So, yes, hello. How are you? I'm well. Dave, say hello to Tom. Hello, Tom. It's very nice to have us all three together, like like it's the three doctors or something. Yes, we've all, all been very busy, squeezing squeezing it in while we're all three, so to speak. Uh, who, are, who are my replacements? A clown and a dandy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. They have been. I'll say nothing at this point. We won't say who's who. But Tom, today we're talking about Dalek Universe Volume 3. Have you heard it yet? Of course I haven't. <laughs> have you heard Dalek Universe Volumes 1 and 2? Um, I doubt it. Right, forgive me. Uh, I've heard Dalek Empire 1, 2 and 3. Is that the, yep. is that the same thing? No, No, this is the new, new series with David Tennant. You know, I don't... I. I started listening to all in chronological order, all the big finished Doctor Who adventures, right from Sirens of Time through. But I gave up because the number of releases are, are just so mind-blowing and mind-boggling. And it's so complicated to work out. You can't just listen to one adventure because it turns out it's the first episode in a special series of like six series of the same story. And I, I just can't commit to that. 
you know, it, it, I mean, you say Dalek Universe. How many Dalek Universes are there? There's nine stories in total, three boy, three stories in each set with David Tennant. Yeah, yeah, I, I may well get around to it, but I'm afraid it's, very strong. it's baffling. It's very, can, oh, no, I'm sure can, they are. You can listen, to them. You can listen well, to them without really listening to too much else, to be honest. There's a couple of other stories to tie in. So, you know, see, my problem is I'm listening to Stephen Fry reading The Complete Adventures of Sherlock Holmes at the moment, and that kind of takes up an awful lot of my listening time. Where do you the Baskervilles. All right, that's quite so fun. between the memoirs and the return, cool. Um, so he's just he's just been killed at Reichenbach, and yeah. then then they, they produced the Baskervilles as a kind of sop to all the fans who are missing him. But it's mm -hmm. like you know, obviously it's a previous adventure. So yeah, uh, it's a funny one because Holmes isn't in it for for ages. I mean, I don't know if you've heard the the audiobooks of Stephen Fry. I mean, he is brilliant. Yeah. I haven't. Uh, I read. I started reading them when I was about oh, 22, 23 or something, and I got most of the way through, I think. I never finished them. That's maybe something I should go back to, actually. Well, I, 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 yeah, I mean, they're, they're too long, I think, to, to read or to listen to in one go. So, I mean, I listened to Adventures, and then I took a break and listened to something else, and then I listened to Memoirs. I'll do the same after I've heard Baskervilles. But um, he just performs them so well. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. Tom, if you're not able to comment any further on this episode, then we shall allow you to return to your dark dimension, and Dave and I will carry on. When you say dark dimension, you, you mean the garden shed? <laughs> exactly. Tom, thank you for joining us this week, and I'm sure we'll see you soon. So, Dave, today we're going to complete the Dalek universe range from Big Finish, as David Tennant returns as the Tenth Doctor, with Jane Slavin at his side as Anya Kingdom, in the third and final release in this series. I'm very sad that it's come to an end. Yes, it's definitely been, alongside Echoes coming back, obviously, it's been the Doctor Who event of the year for me, to be honest. I can't believe it's been, you know, I can't believe it's been three months since Volume 2 came out. Because yep. it's, it's gone like that, so busy with work, I've barely time to, you know, scratch my backside or whatever. I, I didn't have time to listen to Series 2 again before I started um, Series 3, it took me so long to get through. Jago and Light for too many ages to get around to listening to the Eleven, so I didn't want to leave Dalek Universe any longer because I didn't want it to be like the middle of next year before we even <laughs> talked about it. But it has, I mean, it's, it's been obviously as well. It's been six months since since Volume One, and it, yeah, it's been it's been terrific. I definitely feel, you know, that sort of post-season sort of lull kicking in. You mm -hmm. know, when when a series of is finished that you've enjoyed and you're not quite sure when exactly it's going to be back or what's going to happen next. So it's sort of yeah. It's a similar feeling to the, that I had after listening to The Last Adventure for the first time. You know, a bit of anticipation and all that, and then, you know, boom, it's gone. And you're like, oh, what can I do now? Well, you can listen to it again, David. That's what you can do. Yeah. You how can are, do the whole thing you, in one go. Oh, can you imagine? I, thought I'd, I wouldn't cope. I'd probably I'd need <laughs> pee breaks and all that sort of stuff. Um, how, how, are you feeling? how are you feeling now that it's done? That's, that's pretty much how I felt as well, because it's one of those things you look forward to because... We know that a certain number of David Tennant stories were recorded last year during the lockdown and this was the biggie getting the, the big ongoing story and mm. yeah that's that's this one come to an end but of course we do know there's there's more in store next year but I've really enjoyed this and I could kind of get used to a lot more regular Tenth Doctor stories not just having some when he's available to you know during lockdown stuff but fingers crossed yeah. that this could become the format or the te the basic template for something else going forward so we can get another run of of stories going together where it's an interlinked overarching storyline yes. 
very much so. Yeah, I mean, obviously there was there was arcs in these various TV series, but they were all kind of thinly sort of spread. Keywords, obviously, like, like you know, Torchwood and and um, and what have you. But you know, no, you're right. It'd be it'd be good if if they were able to get a hold of them and do you know a few more sort of not you know not necessarily Dalek Universe two like a sequel yeah. where he gets dragged back in time and meets Anya again. Not necessarily that, but it's like, you know it's, there's a whole there's a lot of room in the Tenth Doctor's sort of you know timeline. There's 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 a fair bit of room after. You know, between Journey's End and the next Doctor, there's a fair bit of room between the next Doctor and Waters of Mars, and always like, you know, time more victorious. It's kind of plugs some of those gaps. There's the gaps as well, obviously, between you know, Voyage of the Damned and Partners in Crime, for example, as well. There's plenty of you know areas where they could they could do some more. But I, th- I think um, it's good that the I know that DT's involved in a War Master box set. We might end up talking about that one. He's doing the one-off stories with the other Doctors, which is great. But it'd be nice to get another properly themed box set, something to anticipate and look forward to. And, properly sort of breathe in and bathe in if you know what I mean just to kind of savour yep there's also the arc next year where he's got meeting the 10th Doctor meeting some old series companions so we've got that there's three of those but also just when you're talking about gaps in the Doctor's life wouldn't it be quite nice if we could get some stories set during the 10th Doctor's farewell tour going back to see some old companions that way when he's saying we know mm-hmm. that he went back and said so there's there's a mm-hmm. few in there that might be worthy of, of inclusion so that, see that's Interesting that you mentioned that because I don't, I'm, I've no idea if the, you know, you mentioned the, the set they're doing with the, the Doctor meeting some classic series companions. I've no idea if that is going to be set during that period. When he had that little farewell tour in the end of time, I was sort of, <laughs> I was sort of cynically looking at my watch. <laughs> Come on, you know, I just sort of thought that, you know, it, it just felt like it was milking it a little bit. And I still kind of feel that, although when the, um, the Olympus Doctor mentioned he sort of checked in on everyone when, when he made his appearance in the Sarah Jane Adventures. I kind of went, oh, and you know, thought that was lovely. But but I do sort of think that, you know, you'd have to have him going, ow, every 15 minutes just to remind us that he's about to regenerate Matt Smith. You know, you'd have to do that. And and whoever he's with would say, are you okay, Doctor? Oh, yeah, I'm fine, Tegan Javanka. I'm just about to regenerate, that's all. Or something, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, I think, that, I think that might be stretching it. I don't know. Unless you did a full 50-minute episode that involved him parking the TARDIS and standing in that alcove at the the, um, the Powell Estate waiting for Rose and Jackie to walk past. <laughs> you could do that. I'm sure DT, you could, you could spin it out to 50 minutes easily, just a few sound effects of cars passing and some wild tracks of people having a conversation. I'm not sure how good it would be an episode to listen to, but it's a, it's a thought. Do you know what? I can actually think of a way to make that work, Dave. That's really, really bad. <laughs> Dear Matt Fitton and John Dorney. You'd like to pitch an idea, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then if you did that, you would have to end up interviewing me for Vortex, and then you'd have to end up interviewing yourself for Vortex, which would be absolutely hilarious. So we should really do it. We should do it. Yes. So without any further ado, let's delve into Dalek Universe for the final time, and let's listen to the trailer. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Tenth Doctor Adventures, Dalek Universe 3. There's a planet down there. Where did that come from? Doctor, look out! I'm a velon. I'm a velon. I figure. You can graft my velon flexors to human extensor tendons. I look younger than I am. Well, so do I, but still. This is pointless, Cayman. Stop. On your knees. On your knees, Doctor. River! Stop, I know that name. And I know exactly what's in this cell. Or rather who. 
Mavellan rocket's at least twice the size of the others. Rumors are true. That's the Mavellan Prime ship. How do my Daleks fare against the Mavellans? You must tell me! Still the same old Davros. Anger issues and a very low patience threshold. Ah, got it! Uh, We're free! Yeah, sorry, I didn't like to say. We've not had the best of luck on this planet. You will infiltrate the first Mavellan's vessel and provide a diversion to enable our attack. These machine people would not leave themselves vulnerable to so simple a tool. Oh, you never know. I've upgraded. A lot. You are the doctor. Are you the boss? I am the Kemble faction analyst. Through the vent, up to the main power chamber, sabotage it, and boot, ship full of Mavellans doing the deactivation disco. It's a sound enough plan. Pity you're giving it to the Daleks. I saw my world, my people, destroyed. That is still nothing. What has happened in the years that have passed for you? Never you mind. What are you throwing at me now? Big finish. We love stories. Mm-hmm. So, Dave, we kick off with the first son by Lizzie Hopley, as the Doctor finds himself with a familiar voice, and they meet yeah. somebody who may or may not be River Song, dressed as a Mavellan. And of course, spoilers, people, we are going to be talking about plot points here. Yeah. So, yeah. if you haven't listened to it, stop Spoil- now. Go and listen to it, and come back. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoiler warnings in full. We're going to be discussing, you know, the, the plot, the whole story, with you know, no regard to to keeping any of it secret. This is an open chat. So as Kenny says, if you haven't heard it, you know, look away now. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting story. This one. Not what I expected at all. The fact that you've got a uh, young yep. augmented I, human stroke Mavellan. I would agree. It wasn't what I was expecting either. And I think. You know, I've I've gone on record, and I'm sure on the podcast, and said that I'm not the biggest fan of River Song. But one thing that Big Finish have done is they've made her sort of tolerable. I really liked what they've what they've done with her a, a lot of the time, especially in Doom Coalition. And this won't be the the last time I mention Doom Coalition today. I haven't listened to every series of River Solo because they were getting a little bit too. Um, I was starting to think that they were getting a little bit, you know. It was almost like they felt the gimmick of whoever River was teaming up with that week was enough, and I didn't feel the stories were particularly enjoyable. But you know, they've made the character bearable. So I was almost—I spent the last few months sort of anticipating an hour of comic larks of River dressed as a Movellan and being super flirty, and DT having a bit of trouble going. Gosh, because you know, Alex Kingston would look amazing in a silver leotard. Let's be honest. I agree. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to disagree. Yeah, so I was. I sort of anticipated River having some sort of technological device that made the, the Movellans just see her as another Movellan, her being as camp and over the top as, as, as always, and getting on quite well with Anya, and the two of them maybe ripping the mickey out of the Doctor a little bit, and him hating it. But it would have been a lot of fun, as a, you know, a bit of a contrast to the previous story, which, you know, the, which was quite, you know, the, the Doctor having to essentially sacrifice himself, even though it was from another timeline, all that stuff from the end of the previous series was quite, was quite dark, so I was expecting some larks, but that's not what we got, really. It was quite a claustrophobic story. And really what was going going on with River wasn't properly revealed right until the end. So it was it was very interesting. What did you, what did you think of it? I, I was really surprised by it. Like yourself, the tone of it was not what I expected because Lizzie Hopley, who wrote it, is somebody who's quite comedic. She's got quite a you know, comedic light touch to her work. 
Although she's got quite a love of the horror genre as well, she's done some quite dark stuff for Dorian Gray, I think it was, in Dark Shadows. So, okay. yeah, there's... It was definitely not what I expected in the slightest, the fact that we've got a planet made up of crashed spaceships, which I'd imagine would look something like Cybertron from Transformers, or at least that's how it is in my mm. head, with Dalek saucers sticking out the ground left, right and centre. And the fact that you've got a young humanoid at the core of it is very, a very interesting idea. But the fact that he's only, well, he appears to be 18, but he is something like three months old, I think they said. And I think that yeah. gives it quite, a, quite an interesting hook to it, because you think, yeah, what would people, you know, when people don't have that life experience, but they've got all this amazing power at their fingertips. You imagine mm -hmm. that's what it must be like for somebody who's, you know, a ruler of, you know, countries in the Far East or military dictatorships for the family, like North Korea, where you've got Kim yeah. Jong-un in place and it's he's mm -hmm. only in place because of who he's, you know, where his background is and he's somebody with very little real life experience, but suddenly wields all this power over other people's lives. Yeah, as we say, it just wasn't what I was, what was sort of expecting. I listened to it yesterday on my walk in the afternoon and was just sort of like, I thought I was, I can't say I was disappointed by it, but I, was, I think my enjoyment probably wasn't what I was expecting. Because it wasn't what I was expecting, I maybe didn't enjoy it as much as the story I had in my head. Quite a contrast from, I mean, this is a good thing, obviously, quite a contrast from what we'd had already. I mean, the first box set was quite sort of like, you know, quite fearless and, and contained a few sort of, um, Thrown some real narrative curveballs, so this this one was a, a bit more restrained and a bit more considerate. So I think you know, I can't. I, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it. I did. I thought it was very interesting, very good. And it's nice to have your sort of expectations subverted. I think I probably would have liked it more if it had been. And it took. I felt, I felt it took maybe a little bit too long for River to be sort of revealed. It was almost like literally the last minute, and her and the Doctor barely didn't have, you know, didn't have too much of a conversation, too much of a chat. But again, that's fine because I, I think when we talked about we've talked about River in the past and. Can't remember if we did, did this in the podcast, but you and I certainly had our own conversation. I was sort of saying that after the we did the tenth Doctor and River box set, I was kind of hoping that they didn't do too much more because it's obvious that the eleventh Doctor, in you know, Time of Angels, Flesh and Stone, still doesn't really know her that well. So they can't. I'm, I'm probably contradicting myself here when I said that I didn't want to have too many more tenth Doctor and River stories because they need the room for the 11th Doctor's relationship to develop with her. But it would have been nice maybe just to have five or ten minutes at the end when River is we probably a little bit more than what we actually got. But it was interesting trying to figure out what was going on because I sort of thought, right, starting to think that this wasn't actually River at all. I was starting to think, have they built a Movellan that just looks like her? Do you know what I mean? Yep. For some reason, maybe River encountered them and they took a scan over and just used that as a, a blueprint for this particular android. So it was interesting to actually get the reveal that she was in a sort of state of deep cover kind of thing. Very well played by DT and by Alex Kingston. It was it was very, very effective. I agree. I was not expecting that. I'd, I was under the impression, just in, again, as you say, personal expectations. I thought that River would have been, She. I thought she might have got Mavellan and jiggered around with it to put her face on it and sent it off on a mission yeah. to go and help the Doctor in some way using sort of yeah, knowledge right. from her diary. That was my sort of reasoning. That's yeah. what I thought it was going to go to because uh -huh. when I was saying the Vortex preview, it was made quite clear, is it River? Is it really River? And that sort mm. of, okay, I'm not expecting it to be oh. because of that. And of course it was. Yeah. But yes, I agree. It would have yeah. been nice to a bit more, but at the same time, it does keep that little bit of mystery. Just a, just a sweet little mystery that they still have between them at this point. Yeah, absolutely. It was an interesting idea, obviously, that they were bringing all the spaceships down deliberately, that they, they weren't crashed and all that, and the idea of a planet that was totally made up of 
achieved so many spaceships have been drawn in with this tractor beam and it crashed and all that sort of stuff that made up this massive settlement. I like the idea of the colonists being stranded there. Yep. You know, we're going to tell me a bit more about that. But, you know, that was that was quite interesting. The, the scenes when they were all escaping at the end were very sort of you know very dramatic. It was it was it was good. It was yep. good. And I, I and I think you know as I said already, like I like the curveballs of the the first set when when you think the doctor's regenerated into a woman, but you know it turns out not to be obviously. So I suppose I'm I'm contradicting myself again. There, there were some good curveballs in this one. I think I just probably liked it to be a little bit less cerebral and maybe a little bit more I don't know, like all farce maybe. <laughs> I, yeah. I would have liked a, a bit more running up and down corridors just to kind of keep it a bit maybe a bit lighter because the scene with the doctors kind of been put into the machine and you know was suffering and a bit of pain was a bit like oh come on guys lighten up a little bit here you know we've just had quite an intense box set in the last set so it would have been quite nice just to have a few more larks at this point again that's the thing that surprised me because i thought knowing lizzie she's she's got a really nice light touch to her writing so yeah i was surprised mm -hmm. but i mean i'm not gonna say that i disliked it because i definitely did not it was just not what i expected and that's i suppose that's a good thing mm -hmm. Because you like, you don't want yeah. to have something oh, that is exactly as you expect. It's, it was unpredictable, and I'd say that's a good thing. I would agree, strong agree, definitely. Excellent. So, shall we move on to three point two, the Dalek defense by Matt Fitton, where the Doctor and Anya yep. are trapped between battling Dalek and Mavellan forces, and only the intervention of Earth can get them out of trouble. But the humans have troubles too. Very familiar prisoner, Mister Davros. That's Very, a good point. Is Davros? name or is it his first name? Mm. I think it's actually, it's, I think his first name is probably Robert, so his name would be Robert Davros. <laughs> or is it a contraction of Dave Ross? No, I think you're right, because then it, you maybe call him Bobby Davros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, let's stop laughing at our own jokes, that's terrible. I, I felt the second story was kind of, well, what, what did you think, before I start monologuing, what yes. was your thoughts on the second? I really enjoyed this. I thought the setup was great. The fact, I mean, something that always bugged me, and that's just my sort of inner fan geek talking, is the, the way that Davros accepts that there's a new doctor so easily in Resurrection when we meet him. And the fact that there right. doesn't appear to be much in the way of, you know, time having passed between him being captured mm. at the end of Destiny and then revived in Resurrection. So I think there's, mm. there's, I think there's some nice stuff. The fact that there was a bit more going on in there in the time that passed, and it wasn't just a straightforward journey back to Earth to put Davros in the big freezer unit and keeping him there. So I enjoyed that, the fact there was expanding on it. You've got Terry Malloy is, is just wonderful. I could just listen to him play Davros all day. Although I thought the post-production and his voice sounded a little different from how he normally sounds. Maybe they're trying to get that sort of David Gooderson sort of get it so it's not completely the Davros that we have later and it's harking back a little bit to how he was in Destiny. I don't know, that's just my my inner geek once again let loose but i enjoyed yeah. it i think it was a good good exploration particularly the fact we get to see the mavellans actually as a as a dangerous force instead of just being yeah. the guys who are the guys and girls who look absolutely amazing in their white disco suits and here yeah. and the fact we get them actually as a credible threat and they are recognizing the fact that the doctor acknowledges that yes they may look a bit disco but there's actually a hell of a lot more to them than you would think Definitely. Um, am I right in thinking that our Andrew Smith did a Movellan story quite recently? He did one, um, Movellan Grave. It was one with, with a fourth Doctor one, yes. Right, I haven't heard it yet actually. So I just, I just I think I should, I, I should, I'm, I'm not sure if I've got it actually. Just have a look. No, so that, that just popped in my head. Yeah, very interesting to have the Movellans sort of properly sort of 
taken part because if you're going to do Dalek Universe, if you're exploring the worlds of Terry Nation and you're not going to use the Kral on the board, then obviously you've got to use the Novellas. Destiny of the Dalek story that I remember really well from, from when it went out and I think it got a repeat the following year as well. Yep, I've always did. remembered the uh, the cliff at the two the, the sort of the two main cliffhangers involving Romana, you know, the Daleks coming through the wall and then her trapped in the sort of um big plastic tube. <laughs> um like a tartan girl or something. It was very much a sort of maneuvering things into position for the finale sort of story. You know, it's um we're getting Davros and as you say it was good that they expanded on what happened to him between Destiny of the Daleks and Resurrection. That was quite interesting. Not I get a bit twitchy as you know nowadays about stories that are sort of built too much in continuity, but I felt the balance in this one was really good. I liked the, the idea that, you know, Davros kind of worked it out for himself that it was the Doctor and, you know, that was quite interesting. And you're right, it does kind of cover the smooth over, I suppose, retroactively, Eric Sabre's inability to do his job properly. <laughs> it's, um, it's probably, out of the three stories, it's probably the one I've got the least to say about, to be honest. It obviously, all the talk, obviously, about um, the first Movellum, which had been kind of seeded in the, the first story, is kind of obviously made a bit more of in this, in, in this one. And that, that kind of led us up to um, probably the most, after the, the double, you know, after the bluff of the, you know, the Doctor regenerating into a lady at the start of the set, um, you know, it's quite a moment when the, the identity of the first Movellum was revealed. Do you have any idea that was coming in advance? Well... <laughs> I'll, build, I'll build up my answer to this. I thought it was very good, the fact you've okay. got the first Movellum. It sounds like a title, as in it's the leader, and where you've got like the first yes. elder of the Sensorites and that sort of thing. You think, oh, that's how they refer to their leader. But of course, we discover it is actually literally the first Movellum, the very first mm. Movellum android unit. And we get the dramatic reveal that it is the Doctor Mark Seven is yes. back so yeah. did i know that mark seven was coming back yes i did because i read the scripts <laughs> and i actually had read <laughs> that literally days after we did our podcast for the last box set and yeah. i obviously bit my tongue and never said a word so yes because yeah, I, rem I remember when we did the second one i was sort of saying yeah, they killed Mark, but it's obviously they're going to obviously they're going to bring him back. And I did when I was listening to the first, you know, the first, the good son or the first son, whatever it was called, the first part of the story. I was sort of thinking, right, when are they bringing Mark back? Yeah, when are they bringing Mark back? And it didn't didn't to me in the slightest that he'd be the first Movellum. No. I thought that was genius because the Doctor and Anya have been travelling in time. They've jumped a little bit further forward at this point. It's two or three hundred years in Anya's future from previous stories in the set because obviously whatever was happening was it was it the lost was that what it was called i can't remember yeah, the last that was the last one yeah. yeah the last one in the last set so there's obviously been time for this to happen now in the past i've talked to kenny often um, i might have mentioned in the podcast what's one of my favorite twists and sort of you know story going off in a direction and an unexpected thing happening and this is a big heavy spoiler for doom coalition so if you've never listened to doom coalition listeners and you really should have done been out been out for like five or six years you know, skip the next minute because I'm going to spoil something significant from that. There's a moment when um, a very sympathetic character can, um, who's, you know, the clue is blatant. He's called Octavian. Um, this is obviously a story that deals with the Eleven, Mark Bonner's sort of renegade Time Lord character. And basically, Octavian regenerates into the Nine. And my memory is that um, I was walking into Glen... <laughs> Do you know what? I was basically more or less on exactly the same spot of Cathcart Road as I was today. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, I literally 
stopped in my tracks and spun on my heels and was like, bloody hell. <laughs> and then today I was walking along and literally at the same spot, honestly, no word of a lie, the same spot. And they revealed that, um, that it was Joe Sim <laughs> as Mark Seven. And I stopped in my tracks and just went, expletive deleted walked a bit further said it again <laughs> took a screenshot of the point i was at sent it to kenny with a big long big long massive swear word in capital letters because I, as much as i knew that mark would probably come back i did not see it coming <laughs> in that way so i was just blindly walking along thinking right who's the first novel and what does it, as you say kenny is it just like a nominated title is it the, like the dalek supreme almost yeah and then well blow me to coin a phrase. I'd rather I, not. I did not see that at all. It was genius. And obviously that fed into quite a lot of, you know, what went on in the, the final sort of chapters of the story. So when we did talk about the second set and Kenny was sort of looking at me and I was sort of saying, yeah, of course he's going to come back. And Ken had this very sort of mixed expression. And now that I think about it, he might have had an expression that said, well, have you read the script? Because I've read the script and I know that he's coming back. So, um, but Kenny was very good not to spoil it for me. So thanks, Great Day. Thanks for doing that. Um, You're welcome. I would never would spoil anything for anyone. And also, if I did reveal I'm anything, then I'd be in breach of my big finished contract. So I'm not allowed to reveal anything. Yes. <laughs> we can't do that, aren't we? So yes, I mean, where were you when the Octavian regenerated into the night? <laughs> were you I... in the same spot when you covered that? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was, spoilers, yeah. I was driving. I was driving home from work from Edinburgh. When that and I was listening to that, and I think I must have been just through the Heart Hill services on the M8, which is almost the same spot right. where um, scene eight in the Big Finish 20th anniversary special, disc six, when right. that scene happens, and I was virtually at the same spot for that. So there yeah. must be something in the timing of about 55 minutes or so there. Yeah. But yes, I think that must have been the same point. Like, definitely, because if I was in the same point at Calf Court, Cathcart Road walking, making my way into town, that it, it, it must be. You know, disc six, track eight of, of the, the, the BS 20th anniversary Doctor story was just joyous. Absolutely joyous. And just think, man, if they'd made it a couple of years later, you know. Yeah, they could have been one more know, voice but, in there. But not to worry. We should also, um, when, when are you going to do anything? Are you going to do anything about Doom Coalition and debate anytime soon? Do you have anything planned for that? We don't at the moment, but that's not to say it won't happen. Yeah. That's not to say it won't. Maybe in yeah. a, a sort of that could be a two-part episode thinking about it. That's that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. We've got we actually we've yeah. got the we've got the Christmas episode recorded, and just about we just need one no two more interviews to complete this season, and then that would right. be it all done. But yeah, we've got did one interview yesterday, which oh. people can find out about soon. And Dave, look what I've got here because I'm a geek. Look what right. I do. I you burn, burn them on a CD. Yeah, and, I'm, and I've got covers to make up quite as well. Right. So, yeah, and it's my own little well, box quite, set. Quite right. Keep a hard copy because you never know what can happen. Absolutely. That's great. We should probably get back to talking about Dalek Universe. Very quickly, <laughs> I want, very quickly, just want to say, I love the cover to part two of, you know, to cover the second story because it used the Dalek Supreme from Resurrection of Daleks. Yes. That was just, you know, the, the main guy. That, that was great. That ties into what you were saying about kind of plugging the, the slight narrative gap between Destiny of the Daleks and Resurrection. I thought that was pretty cool. Anyway, so yes, the final, the final, then, the triumph of Davros. Yep, oh, I didn't really say too much about Terry Malloy. I should say something about Terry Malloy. Terry Malloy's lovely. I met him in Edinburgh a few years ago, the same time I was babysitting Sylvester McCoy mm -hmm. uh, um, at Capital City Convention, and my wee sister Alison was Terry's chaperone, and he was amazing. Got a photograph yep. taken with him, and he he had his hand up to my throat like he was Davros, and he was brilliant. I mean, I really agree, I agree with you actually about 
what you were saying about him, obviously pitching it as a midway between David Goodison and himself. I like to think that maybe by the time you know Terry Terry's properly installed as Davros, maybe there's been some kind of deterioration further in Davros's body, so he's yes. maybe a little bit more more something. <laughs> that's what that's my fan brain did for that. But no, you're right. We should rave about Terry, but we can rave about him now, obviously, because he's yes. the title character in Davros. Yes, absolutely. Indeed. As returning to a familiar planet with Mavellan and Dalek warships floating in the sky above, the stakes for the time travellers are higher than ever. The mistakes of the Doctor's past are coming back to haunt him, alliances are made and broken, and the course of the war is about to turn. The Doctor can't stop what's coming, and maybe, just maybe, he may be able to save his friends, according to the official blurb. Well, it is one hell of an ending, isn't it? It's This is one that everything's been building up to. And there's just yeah. so much going on. It's yeah. I mean, it's an epic. It's an epic. It's what an hour and ten minutes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because I went to Asda on the way home, and from I walked out of town today to listen to the middle story, and then I walked around town for a bit, and I walked home via Asda. And by the time I got home, I still hadn't finished it. <laughs> <laughs> an hour and t- I had to sit down for five minutes. No, you're right. It was an epic. For, if I'm being brutally honest, it was maybe a little bit too chatty for me. I would have liked a little bit more running up and down corridors, just or a bit more incident. There was a couple of moments when I felt the, you know, my bugbear of it being too routine and continuity. Like, you know, Sarah Kingdom was in eight episodes for crying out loud. She's venerated in these stories, like she's as important as what, you know, I don't know, Leela or Sarah Jane or Turlow or something. So, but that's just me. That's, you know. I say all that. I say all that, and I really enjoy the stories that Gene Marsh has done for Big Finish. So, shut up, Davey. You're contradicting yourself again. It was a really good finale because the stakes were raised, stakes were clear. You know, Davros's suggestion that the, the Daleks and the Novellans join forces, and a couple of sympathetic characters involved. Um, I was really worried they were going to kill off the Colonel. Mm-hmm. I was dreading that they were going to kill off the Colonel, so I was glad that they didn't. And you know, and it's you know a satisfying sort of conclusion that lets the tenth how you know how the tenth doctor is going to get home and and sort of you know defining his relationship with Anya. It was um, it was great. My, I see my only my only bugbear was just it's maybe a little bit too chatty, and I know that's a, a weird thing to say when you're talking about an audio drama. <laughs> what what I mean is a little bit too much conversation, as Elvis might say. <laughs> you know, a little bit less conversation would have been maybe more up my street. What, what did you think of it? I was really pleased. I. I think I've invested a lot of time in it because I've listened to, I've listened to it a few times over the, the past few months to, you know, to keep it going. And you know, I've done series one, series one again, series one, or then series two, series one and two, series one and two again, then series three, and then I look forward to be able to do the whole thing with the prequel with Tom and Louise, and then just doing the whole, yeah. the whole swoop of all, and probably like we did before when we first discussed volume one, throw in the yes. River Song story as well, the Queen of the Mechanoid, yeah. just to get the whole yeah. shebang and the whole full experience yeah. of it, all eleven episodes. But no, I've, yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, it felt like a worthy conclusion. It didn't feel like it was, you know, like Trial of a Time Lord Part Fourteen, where it's been cobbled together at the last oh, minute oh, and oh. think, how the hell can we resolve this quick? This is what we need to do just to try and make some yeah. sense of it all. There's some really nice yeah. emotional stuff when the Doctor thinks he's lost Anya, and of course, time is. Time has its own wibbly wobbly ways, and and I think the stuff with Davros is fantastic. The fact that Davros is willing to sell out the Daleks just for his own survival is great. The fact we've got <laughs> he's, a bit, he's a bit of a prick, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Get that in your graffiti. Davros is a prick. 
<laughs> Go and write it in a yeah. wall, Dave. Can you get that on a t-shirt from Redbubble? <laughs> yeah, Davros is a prick. There's a, that's a new thing for this. That's the title of this episode, Davros is a prick. <laughs> or maybe not. Really enjoyed it. I think that um, I think David Tennant and Terry Malloy were fantastic. We were, I mean, Terry Malloy is great when he sparks with, with all of the Doctors, but particularly with Colin. But now, being with David as well, there was that there was a wonderful tension there. And I think the fact that David obviously knows all about the history of the show with Davros, and I think he's worked with Terry Malloy on non-Doctor Who stuff, as well as in the first Tenth Doctor Adventures box set from Big Finish when uh, Terry played the Chief of Police. I think it was in Jenny Colgan's story. So. Yeah, for me, it's definitely a success. I think there's some wonderful bits in there when Davros starts talking about how give us hints, you know, to create the, what will become the Mavellan virus in Resurrection and you know, to go for yes. the organic component of the Dalek. And I think that's uh, you know, yeah. a nice wee yeah. touch. And it's it's not in your face continuity. Yeah. It's, if you know the link and the reference, then it's great. It's not in your face. It's a nice subtle link. And I think Matt Fitton, who wrote yeah. the Dalek Defense and yeah. Triumph of Davros, for me, it's a triumph for Matt Fitton as well. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, it, it, you know, the only thing that, as I said already, the thing I felt a bit override was when, you know, I mean, they were back in Kemble, which obviously straight away has, has the resonance because that was obviously, you know, planet at the centre of all and Dalek Master Plan and everything with the Anne Kelso and Fourth Doctor set was built on top of that. And I was a bit, mm. I mean, it was good, but I just kind of thought, you know, they wouldn't have done that in 1978, so why are they doing it now? But you're right, the, the way that the continuity, the sort of retconning stuff with Resurrection was handled very, very well. I like the fact that, I, you know, there was time for the Doctor to figure out a proper practical solution to what they were trying to do, rather than just waving the Sonic where they had an idea about, you know, if in effect to reverse the polarity of the neutron flow, but it was done very well. And I like, you know, the bringing it all back to Kemble gave it, a, you know, a bit more of, a bit more resonance, I suppose, when Anya realised that that was when where Sarah had died and stuff, and you know, that was that was quite poignant. That was nice. I liked it. I liked the Doctor and Anya's. Actually, I should talk about your. I should echo what you were saying about how good it was to have David Tennant and, and Terry Malloy sort of cross swords, as it were. I mean, you could absolutely tell that they were loving it and doing their app. They were like, right, we've got, we can do something good here. This is oh, this is this is a treat. You know, that was excellent. As I was starting to say, I liked the way. That, do you know what, actually, it's just popped into my head. You know, the, one of my favourite bits was when the Doctor mentioned um, Ian and Barbara getting home in the Dalek time machine. Mm -hmm. um, and they said, London 1965. You know, that whole meme from when Doctor Who was on Twitch a couple of years no. ago, that was, that was I hate, brilliant. I bloody hated that London 1965. <laughs> you can shove your London 1965 up your <laughs> Dalek sucker cup arm thing. Um, I thought it was very funny because you and Andrew Marks obviously making T-shirts and Clayton's making T-shirts of like Ian and Barbara's faces and the words London 1965 and London 1965 annuals. It was very funny. No, I like I like that little reference, but I really like the way the Doctor got home. You know, using the Dalek time machine and getting back to his own sort of side of the time war. And I like the way that it was left between him and Anya. You know, that um another mention of Anne Kelso and. And they admitted that they'd, they'd kind of they had bonded to the extent, and, you know, and they got on okay, and it was, and they were kind of going to miss each other. Essentially, it was, it was very well. You know, I was sort of standing, just sort of listening to that bit, going, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, the thing that I also liked was the way that Davros was pointing out the way that the Doctor was creating his own army and sort of pre-echoing mm. or, or preempting mm. what we get to see in the Stolen Earth and Journey's End. 
yeah. with his Children yeah. of Time rant. Yes. Which I think was quite One a nice wee touch. Yeah, and it was interesting because for the Doctor, obviously, this is after those stories. Yep. Because there's a point that something like Davros will destroy everything. You know, and he's he knows that um you know he's talking about the reality bomb and all that kind of thing and yeah. wiping out Gita from each vendors and such horribleness. That was quite good as well. I mean, that's the I suppose the bonus of being able to do stories that feature one character at a different point in time from another character, but one character has the knowledge of, about that other character that that other character doesn't have. If that makes sense. Yes. So um yeah, it was it was good. I, I liked all that sort of stuff too. I mean, I'm going to definitely. Now that you've said you've put the idea in my head, I think I'm, well, I'm going to listen to the new Fifth Doctor box set first, actually, before I do anything else. Yeah. I think, and I, I think I like you know revisiting and doing the whole story again, you know, with the, the protocol and then all the way through again. I think that's definitely worth doing. And it was, yeah, it was, it was very, you know, I think in some ways it was actually better than some television season finales that the Doctor got. It wasn't too indulgent. It wasn't too saccharine and sweet. It was very poignant wasn't corny at all it was it was very well done but you know the bf boys know what they're doing so obviously it was going to be like that but it was it was terrific it was it was really good and i said this before they need to do some more with anya kingdom and it's not just because i think jane Sladen's a goddess but they need to do some more do some more with anya kingdom please i'll buy them <laughs> that's a great idea i wish they would i particularly would love to hear more from anya and mark seven in the adventures before they uh, go off and meet the Queen of the Mechanoids. I'm sure there's plenty more stories to be told. Do you know what? That's just reminding me of another bit. The, the bonus material for this set we're talking about. There was a lovely bit when Terry Malloy was talking about having recorded some Dalek annual stories that featured Mark Seven. Mm-hmm. So then he was he was now appearing in a story with him. So he, and he was loving it. That bit was really good. I just remembered yeah. that. That was nice. Yeah. Mm, perfect. Yeah, man. Mark Seven. I mean, we should talk about. I was really. That's. I think that's a horrible fate for Mark to end up becoming the first mech. You know, Movellan. I at least said first mechanoid. <laughs> FS. I thought that was like. I was like, oh, he was so good in the first few stories. I was yeah. thought that was kind of horrible. Quite a sad that, state. It's quite a Russell T thing to do, though, isn't it? You think of what happened to Donna, losing her memories of her travels with the Doctor. So there's almost echoes of yeah. that in there as well. Yeah. I, that's that's a good point. Definitely, that's fair. And, you know, it was good having Joe Sim back to the final story because I kind of felt like, you know, it would have been terrible if he hadn't. But I'm glad mm-hmm. that I'm, <laughs> I'm astonished. <laughs> I'm astonished at myself for spending the whole first episode and most of the second going, when's Mark coming back? Oh, yes, we better go and see the first novellum. Are we going to see the first novellum now? Where is the first novellum? Yeah, and there's me thinking, God, when's Mark coming back? <laughs> Just staring me in the face. <laughs> yeah, it was there. It was there all along. So he was the first novellum all the time. The real thing about like Universe 3 was the first novella that we met all along. <laughs> Take him back to Kendall. Take him back to Kemble. That's right. That's Take him back to Kemble. Take him back to Kemble. You know, every time we travel down the M6 and we see the signs for Kendall, I will always say that. Take him back to Kendall. And Jen goes, what? And then say, oh, it's a heart, no fluff. Is that a what? <sighs> Don't worry, uh, So, yes. And that's your like, why is Dave not here to appreciate this? Dave would be exactly. Kendall, so exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'll rephrase that. Yeah, they would, they would laugh at that if he was here. Better as you think, yeah. Man, yeah. wouldn't it be good if they animated the Dalek Master Plan in the wake of Dalek Universe? Wouldn't that be phenomenal? Oh. That's just idle speculation on my part, listeners. We don't know. We don't, it's not one of these ones where we know what we're talking about and we have to pretend. Oh, <laughs> it would be nice. Even better, actually. Wouldn't it be great once we finish this Zoom call, we go on to Twitter and it turns out they've found like six episodes of it or something? 
that would do me. That would do me quite happily. <laughs> it's been a while since we had the last episode, so who knows? I know it's been ages. Eight years. It's crazy. Eight years is too long to probably, wait. Yes, that's probably a subject for another podcast. We've done that already, though, haven't we? We've done yeah. missing episodes, and such like we could do it again. Be an annual one. What stories yes. you want back this year? Well, this year I want a celestial toy maker. <laughs> Oh god. This year I'm gonna be confident and say that I want the space pirates. Oh. So Dave, all in all, it's been nine episodes yeah. plus a four part story, plus another one yeah. part fifty minute odd episode. Yeah. And for me it has been like we said at the top, it's been wonderfully cohesive. It's gelled and there's a definite through story with a beginning, a middle mm. and an end. And I if there's more like this in future, I would not complain in the slightest. Obviously not of the same format, but the same kind of structure and building up to something like this yep. is great. Definitely. Strong agree. And you made the excellent point about, you know, when you compared it to the end of um, Trial of a Time Lord. And as much as I love Trial of a Time Lord, you know, you watch it now and you sort of, it's been pointed out many times, there isn't a, there isn't a scene where the Doctor gets validated and it's, in, in, or anything like that. And it's just fudged and it's, and it's, it's not ideal. But this was, this was obviously plotted out, worked out in advance, you know, and as you say, coherent and satisfying. And, um, you know, with many twists and turns and very many different types of stories throughout it. So I would imagine that anyone that's listened to this podcast has listened to it. Um be a bit mad to listen to us talking about it without having listened to it. But if you haven't listened to it and we haven't completely ruined it, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean I, I will listen to it again. Again to echo what you said, it felt very much like another full David Tennant series. It was it um good, you know, quite easily could have slotted in before the next doctor or after the next doctor or whatever, you know, it was um it was good and it's so obvious that he's into it, you know, I mean it never feels that he's phony and there was a bit in one of the stories I listened to from the new set when um, you know, they're they're on the spaceship with the Earth forces or whatever and blah 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 and they're going to see the, the guy in charge <laughs> and the doctor says, you know, take it to the bridge <laughs> Which is exactly the sort of thing that he would have said. And there was another oh, there was another contemporary reference. I can't think what it is now. That's going to really irritate me. There was another bang on contemporary reference that he made, mm -hmm. which made me laugh when I was in Asda. I was listening to the tail end of Doom Coalition, that Doom Coalition set when I was in Asda as well. There we go, Cathcart Road in Asda. That seems to be the places to go to to listen to Big Finish. <laughs> but no, I'll wrap up. I'll just wrap up. I really enjoyed it. Well done, BF, for doing it. They were obviously able to do it with circumstances of lockdown, but let's hope that they get David Tennant back again and it's not, it's not a long time before we get him in another full series. Absolutely, Dave. Listeners, you can tell us what you think of Dalek Universe 3. You could message us on Twitter. We are at Power of 3 Pod. That's the Power of 3 with the number 3 written out in full. I should also plug Tom's own podcast here. He recently dropped a new episode of The Imposter, which was a yeah. fascinating listen, a memoir of his yeah. time in politics before, during and after his time as a Labour Member of Parliament. Yeah, I only swore twice during the latest episode of Tom's podcast I normally swear three or four times but they've only swore twice so that's but that doesn't mean that they weren't good swears I tell you yeah indeed it's just strange times in which we lived and we weren't aware of exactly what was going on but there right. we go although th at this point actually I was because I'd seen Tom down in Westminster and, and uh, met him and uh, had some very interesting conversations with him so yeah yep. it's interesting to hear that all on the record now so yeah instead of just being yeah Meaty chat. I mean, Tom, Tom was my MP, and it's one of these episodes that makes me glad I voted for him. Yeah. Something like that. That's not me brown those or anything. So, that's another episode of Power of Three. It's goodbye from me, Kenny. 
And it's goodbye from me, David. Take care, everyone. Be safe, mind how you go. We'll see you again soon. And I'll see you all soon, too. Dave, yep. we've been talking about Daleks. We've been talking about universes. We've been talking about Davros. We've been talking about mm. many things today. So, Dave, I've got a question for you. Mm. What are we going to mm. play Ken. out with today? I think, Ken, we should play in, in honour of my, my devotion to Jane Slavin and Anya Kingdom. I think we should play with I Lost My Heart to a Starship Trooper. Absolutely perfect choice. Stop.